Hey y'all, hey, welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences as three Black women on this amazing journey of living our best life, trying to support each other as we figure out this ghetto world of adulting. I am joined by my amazing co-host, Nay and Sunny D. Hey honeys, I'm Nay, your virtual homegirl who thoughts on almost any and everything. Also, full-time parent, and sometimes you may hear my little one in the background of this podcast. Lo siento, I am sorry. To me, adulting is a game of whack-a-mole. Once you think you have one thing conquered, something else pops right up. Hey everyone, it's Sunny D. And to me, adulting is choosing to be your best self while that laundry piles up and the dogs chew on your good shoes. Yo, this is your girl, Nakai, and I'm your host of Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I randomly burst out in song, Love Ice, and think adulting is a beautiful storm of I get to do what I want to do mixed with what the hell did I sign up for? Thanks for joining us. Now let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to Where's My Boomerang Podcast, where we deliver entertaining education and some inspirational thoughts and comments all about adulting. Happy Autism Awareness Month. I want to know, did you have a successful week this week? For one, you sound like my therapist. For two, I'm going to give you the beginning same answer I give her. It depends on what you consider successful. (laughs) Did I do the priority thing? Yeah. Did the week go according to plan? No. Do I feel okay with the things that got done and okay with the things that didn't go well didn't get done I guess (laughs) for me I'm gonna say yes I had a pretty successful week worked remote all week so I love that because um similar to something they said in our last episode uh, of like yeah working from home you know you get you're more productive so I got a lot more done in the morning time and was able to get a lot of my work done where I was able to then work on my other business but still be president work you know so that was exciting and yeah I felt like this week I was actually able to just like relax chill don't have to worry about traffic and driving so I mean whatever successful means to you you define that how you define that for me this week I believe was successful I had some successful quality time with the hubs we went outside in public to dinner child look at this we had cocktails it was great so we did that and work wasn't successful quote unquote because that big project that I was working on had a big big wrench thrown in it but that wasn't in my department so we was cool on my side and we are fed and the puppies are good so yeah I call this a win so I'm proud of us so I also want to get into our either or while we're here and we're throwing it back so think about it put yourself back in those times and I need to know are you choosing four square or tetherball what's four square and what's tetherball okay go back in time we were when kids actually played outside and we have technology at the palm of our hands so four square was really cool me and my crew we would play this outside and if you paid attention to the roads they were in like you know they do the pavement in blocks or whatever and they look like four squares or you could just draw it with chalk whatever you want to do anyways each we used to play in the streets because 90s so what you would do is you would have each person in their own square so to speak and there was like a ball that we had and we had to bounce it I think I had to bounce only one time in each square and the purpose was like to get somebody out or whatever like it was very intense like it was this is a real sport back in the day this was a thing okay it was up there with like dodgeball and football if you ask my people so that's how you play four square it was very very fun tetherball is 
Think of a shorter flagpole sans the pole or sans the flag, right? And as opposed to a flag, you actually have this long rope, aka a tether. And at the end of the pole, at the end of the, the rope was a ball. Usually it was like a volleyball or something like that. And the idea there's two people, there's two people that play this game at a time. And at the the purpose of it was to get the ball wrapped completely around the pole. And the more it wraps, the shorter the rope gets, obviously, and the higher up it gets, typically speaking. So you're supposed to hit it high enough above your opponent so that they can't hit it and it completely wraps around it. And whoever gets it to wrap around the pole wins. Ta-da. So that's your tetherball. That's your four square. Which one are you choosing? So I played neither of these games in my childhood. I recently was familiar. Well, I recently was introduced to Foursquare. But for the sake of this either oil, I think I'm going to have to go with tetherball. I've never played it. But the idea of hitting somebody in the head with a volleyball, I am intrigued. So I'm going to go with tetherball just because it is the chance that I could boing somebody in the head with the volleyball. Picking a penny. <laughs> For me, I'm going to say I played both of these growing up and thank you for explaining it because I didn't think an audience we want to explain everything to our audience. So thank you. For me, I would say I loved more so Foursquare versus Tetherball. So I'm going to go with Foursquare only because like Tetherball, as Nay has put it, if you play with people you don't like or that don't like you and they hit that ball too hard and they come and knock you out, that hurt and leaves the same. And then like the way we used to play is like you have to duck and things like that. If you want fast enough this that's just too much work so for me i'm gonna say four square listen when i tell you tetherball is my game okay i love four square played four square most of my childhood that was incredibly intense but tetherball let me tell you something all of the aggression the tiny little aggression that my 10 year old self possessed was outwardly expressed at the tetherball pole like it was like meet me at the tetherball pole that's how serious it was in the fifth grade and that is not i wish i was exaggerating but I'm really not. And I absolutely loved it because that was the purpose. You was trying to point somebody in the head. You got to be real quick with your reflexes. You have to have really strong, you know, volleyball. Mind you, I've never played volleyball in my life, but be able to like smack that ball hard enough that it wraps around with the speed that you need in order to win. I really wish, I'm sure somewhere in this country, probably in the South, because I feel like maybe it's like a Southern thing, but I need there to be like tetherball competitions because we used to make our own. Like it was that big of a deal recess was a whole it, it, it was a whole thing we made some good friends on the tetherball court though it was a good time that's that's what i'm choosing if y'all haven't played tetherball i need y'all to get a pole and a rope and a volleyball and get out your aggressions it's great that just sounds very you're letting out a, a lot of aggression with that and i can see it um it would be interesting to play all these as adults to really see how our body moves and if we can really duck as we say we can while drinking oh drunk tetherball and drunk sports square oh that will be lit. well speaking of that in our childhood um so we have two quotes of this episode and the first one is when we are children we seldom think of the future the innocence leaves us free to enjoy ourselves as few adults can the day we fret about the future is the day we leave our childhood behind that is by patrick rothfuss 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 that's what 
we're going to call you. The second one is, and I like this one too. Most of us have fond memories of food from our childhood, whether it was our mom's homemade lasagna or a memorable chocolate birthday cake. Food has a way of transporting us back to the past by Hormaro Cantu. I guess I ain't never been a child because I was always thinking about the future. Like what I'm going to eat tomorrow, what I'm going to wear tomorrow. What about this field trip next week? Like, I ain't never been a kid. The anxiety be anxiety. But I like the second one because food is my love language. You know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to co-sign with Nay on this one. I don't actively, as a child, remember like, this is the best time of my life and just enjoying being a child. I just remember, oh, I can't wait to be 18 so I could call that 1-800 number and order all the things that I wanted to order that I couldn't order because I needed a parent or guardian to do it for me. I, I made a list. I had it on a piece of paper. I wrote wrote down the item. I wrote down how much it cost and the 1-800 number that it was associated with. And I was like, when I turn 18, I'm like, all this shit. <laughs> I was always looking forward to the future. Are you kidding me? I don't have to take naps. I can do what I want. I can make my own decisions. I can go to bed when I want to. Like, I, absolutely. That's where my mind was. So that's, that's my thought on the first one. The second one, same, food is life. I was just telling my husband the other day that the memories that I have, my more, my more vivid memories, are specifically tied to food. It's it's whether I went somewhere, like I remember where that mini donut stand was in that here in Miami when I went in 2010. I know exactly where it was, assuming it's still there. I could probably still get to it. Like my detailed memories are a lot of them are related to food because food is life. Like give me more. When are we going to eat next? What's for lunch? Yeah. The power of the brain and all of our senses and how our brain remembers certain things versus others. So yeah, um, my thoughts are, I guess I did have a childhood. <laughs> I remember it's like a lot of things that we probably shouldn't have been in, but we were literally just being children, having fun, being free, riding bikes down the whole entire hill. We weren't supposed to be over there because it was private property. I remember those days. And then I feel like for me, I didn't start really, really, really thinking about the future until like maybe, what was that, like sixth, seventh grade? So yeah, that's interesting for y'all. But I do agree with the second one where food is life and you know, like who makes the good mac, uh, mac and cheese. So you know, like on this holiday, this person's going to bring them good mac and cheese and you know who don't eat their food because they can't cook you know because it makes you sick so yeah and I think about with that I think about like just in general like childhood and childhood joys and things that we love and we miss and we just really want to have that like nostalgia bringing back to our adulthood. So y'all, do y'all have any childhood joys? How would y'all define childhood joys first? I guess I would define it as things from my childhood that when I think about, it makes me happy. I can remember the taste, the smell, the visual of it, just those indelible memories, core memories. I agree. There are definitely things that I think about, like, oh, those were the good old days. Like, we've, I've gotten to the age now where those were the good old days is very much a regular part of my vocabulary. And just thinking about how simple life was and all I had to do was keep my room clean and do my homework and wash the dishes. You know, life was good. You know, we was outside. We had friends. 
I lived in a neighborhood where, you know, most of my classmates from school, we all lived in the same neighborhood. So all my friends are close by. We was always at somebody's house, eating up somebody's snacks. Like, I mean, those, those are the things that the simplicity of life, when you just think about it, just brings so many memories and a lot of joy. Same, same, same. For me, I just think of like the small things of like, oh, you can eat all of this stuff and you just run off outside and play because like Sunny D said, we used to play outside, y'all. Like we used to be outside until the street lights came on. Um, I guess not for everyone. Nay didn't play outside. Nay was in them books. Oh, and you know what? That's why she's so smart, y'all. She has an extensive vocabulary because her vernacular is amazing because she was in those books. Um, me, on the other hand, I was in the street, so <laughs> I was outside running around, playing with my cousins, playing with the uh, people in the, like my quote unquote neighbors. So when I say like outside until the streetlights came on, outside until the streetlights came on and don't be going in and outside the house. Mm-mm. AC's on. Nah, we don't do all that. You gonna be in or you gonna be out. You can't be both. Shoot. Or the bugs. You know, when I was outside with my little books, because <laughs> on brand, I think we all grew up Southern, Midwestish. You got bugs. You got flies. You got gnats. You you got all sorts of nature. So you can't be going in and out. Even them screens on them screen doors, they still had big holes. You can't go in and out letting all the bugs in. And all your mama's good air or your grandmother's good air. I, listen, Texas, bugs are a thing and they're not small. And I remember I was one of those weird kids. As much of a girly girl as I was, I think I was equally like a tomboy so like I would be outside playing in the grass playing in the dirt I had a lunchbox of roly-polies that I would try to keep alive that I kept in the garage because they were cute they were small and they roll up in little balls and you just flick them and then they just roll they were fun you had to okay anyways so I'm getting looks but that's beside the point that's my childhood don't judge me they were cute they'll have little legs and they crawl you flick the roly-polies that's kind of like um abuse no they have a hard shell they didn't feel nothing to you. I bet you took the magnifying glass to the, the worms too, didn't you? Didn't you? Shame the devil, tell the truth. See, worms, because I'm a texture person, worms were not really like my vibe. However, did I have a magnifying glass? Yes. Did I try to burn up some ants? Absolutely. Peter, do you hear this? It was science. I don't know what kind of science you're doing killing stuff. But were there any like type of snacks that y'all really liked growing up? Yes. So I guess on brand. I've always been sort of healthy. So I used to love going grocery shopping with my mom and buying like fruit. So you get your cherries, not the maraschino cherries because they're my fake, but actual cherries, grapes, all those sorts of things. As an adult, I have called my mother like, woman, why was you buying six-year-olds bunches of grapes? Some things are expensive. They about $253, $3.99 a pound. And we used to get pounds and they would be gone within a day or two. I'm like, bless your whole soul because produce is expensive. And now Alex then had mango. He didn't had kiwi. I'm like, I know the joy of being an adult is exposing your child to things that you ain't never had, but I would be lying if sometimes I wouldn't like you privileged little thing. Like I had to wait until adulthood to try some of these delicacies and you as a three-year-old get mango or you're like, mama, I want kiwi with your whole chest. Like it's an everyday occurrence. I'm, I'm out done. I mean, like I said earlier, food is a, a big thing in my family. It's a very big part of my life. I, one of my favorite 
favorite snacks was, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of or had ants on a log. Nakai, you haven't because that would kill you. So it is a little, it's called ants on a log, but it's really good. <laughs> so you take like a piece of celery, right? You know how celery is. It has a little like curvature in the middle. You fill it with peanut butter. That's why you can't have it. And then you sprinkle like raisins on it. So like it looks like little ants on a log. Anyway, this is a, I mean little, I'm talking maybe like Alex's age, maybe a little bit older. I would have it at like daycare and that would be our snack. And it was so light and it was just so good. That was one of my absolute favorite snacks. And even as I got older, I would just take, you know, a thing of celery and a little bowl of peanut butter and just scoop it up with a spoon and just snack on it. If you haven't have it. I mean, okay, listen, Nakai, does it sound Anglo? Yes. I grew up in the suburbs. I don't know what you want me to do. It's pre- it is pretty Anglo, but it's not bad. Anyways, um, I also made a lot of tuna when I was a kid, like tuna and pickles. That was probably right around the age where I was old enough to start making food myself, but not quite old enough to actually use like the stove. So we would have like cans of tuna, put pickles in it. Now I do jalapeno and it has to be a little fancy, but I actually still have a lot of the snacks and stuff that I grew up eating that are still very much a part of my menu as an adult, because number one, they're simple and very easy to make and don't take a lot of effort, but it's also very nostalgic. And it kind of brings me back to snacking with my dad on the couch and watching football or watching a movie or something like that. So I have to keep some of those things on, you know, on hand for, for those moments. I guess like I, my snack was like totally different of like, I guess I was thinking of like fruit snack snacks, like for me, like gushers for roll-ups. <laughs> We got Extremely Healthy Nay, which is still on brand as her as an adult, as you can see with her child. <laughs> Sunny D has elevated her palate. Some, some's very similar, but has elevated. And then I think of like for my snack, my go-to snack when I was little were like little honey buns. I don't know if y'all ever had like the little Debbie honey buns and things like that. Like that would be my, man, my go-to would be like, I want a snack. I'm going to go get me a honey bun. And like to this day now, I will not buy a box of honey bun because they will be gone in like maybe a day, maybe two. A question for your blackness, heated or unheated? Typically heated because you can't have a honey bun that's cold. But like now if I have them at work or something, they're cold and I'm like, you got to heat them up like you gotta it's the warmth of the honey bun yeah if i you know what audience if y'all know like a recipe where i can make my own homemade honey buns please let me know kid you not we had this black lady in the cafeteria in elementary school she made homemade honey buns for breakfast i might have dated her grandson just off gp ain't gonna lie but also the bougie elevated honey bun is that not the bear claw one would wonder I don't know. But now I feel like I need to get a bear claw to see if it's the same as a honey bun. What time did the donut stores close? Anybody know? They open till 10 o'clock around these parks. A.M.? P.M. A p.m. Nighttime. What kind of donut stores y'all got? Shipley's. No, but like Nakai, I too had gushers and fruit by the foot and fruit roll-ups. But also, I had a brother that was 18 months older than me. So, did them things get eaten up by the time mama made it home from the grocery store? Absolutely. Was it, did I get up? pack maybe two most definitely can i eat those now in adulthood no i get cavities automatically probably all of that sugar and everything else so yes my childhood was filled with those snacks but um alex's ain't i think nowadays like i'm like thinking back i ate a lot of candy i like gummy things although 
I have this issue with gushers. I don't know how else to say this without it sounding the way it sounds, but it's going to sound the way that it sounds. I don't like things bursting in my mouth. So gushers is not a thing that I can handle. So with that said, regular gummy bears, gummy worms, gummy straws, all of those things I can get with. Those are great. And I ate a lot of those as a kid. Now though, as an adult, a lot of my snacking is like salty snacks. Like we buy a lot of chips and that wasn't a thing back then. I mean, like we had chips, but it wasn't as much of a focus as it was like all the gummy snacks back then. WMB pod after dark. That part. Um, That's interesting. Cause I think of like so many people who like used to eat chips when they were younger, but, and they still eat chips now. But like, I was talking to one of my friends and like her go-to is chips for everything. And I'm like, why? They're loud. And (laughs) yeah. So if y'all ain't picked it up on here yet, we all probably got our own different type of sensory integration thing that we working through. For me, it sounds (laughs) like, I don't like popcorn. It's too loud. I don't like chips. It's too loud and crunchy. Like it's just loud. And so, and how this came about is because we were sitting watching TV and like all you hear is and I looked, I was like, sis, chill with your mouth closed. And she was like, it is. And I was like, but why is this so loud? And she was like, they're chips. And I was like, how often do you eat? And we got on a whole entire discussion, but yeah, chips, chips are loud, man. Like why? So I laugh not because Makai being on brand of saying chips are loud, but I also laugh because this heifer act like that's the only sensory issue she has. Like she ain't got a whole texture component as well amongst other things. It's okay. We love you, boo. I don't know how I feel about that, y'all. Let me process. Anywho, speaking of candy and speaking of things that were too sweet as adult when we were little ones, but now we're like, yeah, we can't have that when we're adult. Like it just don't, it don't flow the same. And y'all, if y'all in y'all 30s, plus y'all understand, if y'all 30 and under, live y'all best life, eat what you want. But I'm letting you know, do it in moderation because that shit catches up with you. But literally (laughs) but did y'all like have any candy houses in y'all when y'all grew up or y'all know what a candy house is for those that may not have it please define cool since you wanted um me to define it i feel like you should because you're the one who told me about a candy house all right fine so check it so for those of us that live in neighborhoods or maybe grew up in just in communities in general it could be apartment complexes or what have you it is not unusual for neighborhoods that have have maybe not necessarily that are all black, but are relatively diverse to have one central location where the youth of said community can go ring the doorbell, knock on the door. Hey, Mrs. So-and-so, do you got some chips? And there's usually, it's usually a woman. It's usually an older lady, like the auntie of the neighborhood that has packs upon packs of cookies, cakes, and pies. She has snacks. She has candy bars. She has all the things that she sells to neighborhood kids for like a quarter or 50 cents. Mind you, I'm talking about the nineties and that's before this current age of inflation. Um, But you could buy, you know, a candy bar for 75 cents or two for one packs of popcorn or whatever. She would just have a a convenience store type of situation at her home, which you could usually go down the street or a block away or downstairs or whatever. Very Hansel and Gretel without the witch wanting to eat the kids. Okay. So that's essentially what a candy house is. 
Now, to answer Nakai's original question, it's very much a thing in my childhood. Not even just in the neighborhood that I lived in, but even when I would go out of town to visit my family, they lived like four hours away. In their neighborhood, there was also a candy lady. So like all the cousins, we'd go and we'd go down the street to this lady's house and she would have all of the snacks that you could get at the convenience store. They're usually less expensive because we're kids. We don't, we maybe have an allowance, maybe, or maybe have you know a couple dollars on us uh, because kids be hustling and we would just go we would get snacks and then we go back to the house or we go to maybe a local park and we'd sit and we'd chill and we'd snack and we would just big kick it and that was very much a life that we lived in my particular neighborhood that I grew up in she was on the same street as us so the routine is you get off the school bus you pass the house to go to the candy lady house she was there she worked from home she had like an in-home daycare situation which is why she has the snacks to begin with. And she was ready. She knew what time it was. She knew we was coming. We all, she knew all of our names, all the things, knew our parents, all that kind of stuff. And we would go to her house, we stock up on snacks, and then we would go home. If we didn't go to our friend's house to hang out or whatever, um, to go home and do homework and whatnot. So that's kind of my experience with a candy house. It was the highlight of the day. I did not have a candy lady or gentleman in my neighborhood, but I had the person selling snacks in between Sunday school and church at church on Sundays. So I am familiar with buying snacks from a grown adult with your allowance. So it's so interesting of like the this candy house, right? Because I grew up in two different areas. So I grew up in the hood and we had a hood candy lady. But then when I transitioned to the suburbs, we had no candy lady. So it's interesting that your suburb actually had a candy lady. And I'm like, you sure you wasn't in the hood? But I know where you grew up. I saw it. You ain't in the, you ain't in the hood. <laughs> So as the consensus, so y'all just realized, Nay and Sunny D grew up in suburbs, like very suburban. Nakai, obviously with my name, <laughs> have grown up in both. So hood and suburban. But it's interesting because like, yeah, the lady, I don't know if she worked in the hood or not, but I just remember she had like bars on her door, everything. She had like this little slated little thing. You put the money in, you get what you want. And then also, I don't know if y'all remember, because again, y'all are in the suburbs. So, yeah, I did throw shade. <laughs> like the ice cream guy who would come around, because I know he comes in the hood. I have yet to see him in a suburban area, but he's like the ice cream man that literally drives a little truck that, like, the dude. I don't know the ice cream song, but you can, like, <laughs> go get ice cream from the truck. Are you talking about the actual ice cream man with the racist song that plays? Because that's just the ice cream man. What what racist song? Enlighten me. Oh, the ice cream song that plays or whatever. It's racist as heck. I'll throw the link in the blog, but that song is mad racist. Okay, yeah, we're going to have to talk offline about this because I didn't know that. Um, but yes, that one. But y'all seen it in y'all neighborhood? I've never seen an ice cream truck in the suburban, in like a suburban area. I've only seen it in the I didn't have one in my neighborhood, but where my babysitter lived, we had one there. She ain't live in the hood. She just lived in town. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. But speaking of people at church selling you stuff, <laughs> we had a candy man at church, which this 
thinking about it as an adult is like, oh, this maybe it was toxic. But in order for us to get candy, like we didn't have to buy it or anything. We literally just gave him a hug and he gave us candy. And so looking at y'all's faces, it's like, wait a minute, that ain't right. And I'm like, dang, was he get like, was he a pedophile? I don't know. But I'm just like, I literally remember like he was the candy man. Like you go up to him, he'll be like, well, God, I know you want this type of candy. I have it. He's like, okay. And like, you give him a hug and you get a candy. And it's like, literally, it will be like Starburst or like Peppermint or something that, you know, kids are like, oh, I want a piece of candy. So a grown man saying, come get this candy. I know you want it to get as enticement for you to give him physical contact. That don't sound predatory. As an adult, yes. <laughs> As a child, no. But then think about it. Why did our parents and everybody just let this man give us candy knowing that he was getting hugs for candy? So is it t- truly the kid's fault or is it the parents? It's definitely not the children's fault because who would turn down candy? Okay, we're children. Let's be real. But for things like that to be so normal and nobody's red flags was going off nobody's spidey senses were spidey sensing like nothing that's not odd to you or maybe it's not odd to you because it happened to you and you think that that's normal behavior when that's weird creepy behavior that immediately needs to stop and why is it always at church that was my thought of like dang this happened at church it's a black church it was like a black southern church so i'm like what's going on in these churches do 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 the more you know were there anything else that y'all like when y'all were little like any childhood joys you could remember one saturday morning and just saturday morning cartoons in general so i'm talking about your recess your pepper in your what's some more like i visually remember the song the way the big like the one purple one comes up and then it opens up and all of that as well as Nick Jr. in the morning where you have your little bear, you have your Allegra's window, you have all of those. See, kids these days, they don't have no real cartoons. I don't care. Bluey is my show though. But this um, Goatee and Bear, as an adult, I almost fought because I thought they were trying to rip off Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood with this Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Like I literally Googled it to make sure it wasn't a rip off. Yes. I have a separate answer to Nakai's question, but I'm talking, I am triggered. So on the back end of Saturday morning cartoons, for those of you and those of us that had cable, um, Snick, that Saturday night Nick with all that and Keenan and Kel, like that, that part of my day, listen, I don't care what we did all day. I don't care where we went. We could have went to all of the Six Flags and all of the water parks and did all the things, but I need to be home by seven because all that comes on and Keenan and Kel and all the things. Yes, it is. I lived a privileged life. I'm not going to lie to you. But that was, that was it. Like Saturday morning cartoons in the morning, we do what we need to do. And then I had to, to have my snick at night because that's what that was. To answer the original question, one of the things that I absolutely loved doing was riding bikes with my dad. My mother, not the uh, most physically active human being. She pushed out two kids and I think she was like, I'm good. Thank you very much. So my dad and myself would hop on our bikes, 
We go ride around the neighborhood. I mean, when I tell you we was outside, we were always outside. And we lived not too far from the elementary school that my brother and I went to that had a very, very big, like giant field up front um, with like the sidewalks and stuff. It was kind of hilly. So we would ride our bikes all up and through there. We thought we was really like outside in the world. And we were only maybe like a fifth of a mile away from the house. We were very, very close. But it seemed very far to me when you're a smaller human being. But that was always something that I thoroughly enjoyed to the point that even when we moved into a different house well after my dad had passed we still had his bike and I wanted to make sure to bring it over I never got back on it but I was like I still need to have the bike close by so I do not deny my privilege growing up also with tv so maybe I was just two in the house I remember as a child watching Nick at Night with my mom so your Bewitch, your I Dream of Jeannie your Lucy all of those shows not Wonder Years because that was boring to me but your um Happy Days all of those shows so much so I still remember the channel of Nickelodeon growing up. It was channel 18. If you know, you know. And if you come from my neck of the woods, what's up? So one of my childhood joys for me that I didn't realize was so expensive growing up when you become an adult is just participating in activity and things like that. So like when I was younger doing like basketball, volleyball, track, band, like cheerleading, like all these extra activities. I'm like, okay, I don't understand. Let's let's just do it. And then I'm thinking about like as a kid like family figured it out right like I still did it all but then as an adult I'm like dang this stuff is expensive like how much did they want for what like how much and um, my little sister was in is well when she was in high school was in basketball so like just making sure everybody had the same team shoe okay why why did the team need Jordan like we can't find nothing cheaper <laughs> like uh, this is expensive. Like these activities. And I'm like, was it really that expensive when we were that young? Or has inflation just really been inflating and everything is going up? <laughs> I feel like the answer to that was both because now as an adult, I understand why when I begged my parents to let me join drill team, I don't know, maybe it was like third grade or something. When I found out that there was a drill team and I found out that all my friends were doing other stuff outside of school together. And I was like, well, I want to do that. I could totally do that. And my mom made me wait. Like I, I did. I wasn't able to join until I was like 10. I just thought she wanted me to be older or maybe more coordinated or something. I don't know, child, but it was because this stuff is so expensive. Like the coaches aren't paid. Your instructors aren't paid. Nobody's paid to do this stuff outside of school, especially those little league teams and things like that, that your kids want to join. Like the adults are not getting compensated for it. They're giving their time to the youth, Right. And so maybe we would have a fundraiser or something like that to raise money for maybe overall equipment or something. But like our uniforms we had to pay for, we had to have game day uniforms, we had to have backup uniforms um, in case it rained because you can't get your more expensive uniforms all messed up and muddy or whatever. We had to have competition fees and stuff like that. Like that stuff was so expensive and I'm sure it was expensive to them back then, which is why my parents had to, they made me wait because like they just probably saving up on the side. And I just thought they just didn't want me to live my best life. But yeah, I think it's both. I think it was expensive then. I think it's hella expensive now. And it was just a lot. And I was in everything. Well, another childhood joy was, and they and Sunny D said it. I don't know if they said it out loud. They just put it in the chat, but like the East Bay magazine and like how you would go in and you, for me, I would circle everything I want. Yep. <laughs> And then let them know, like, hey, these are all the things I want and need and everything. <laughs> and 
experience that. I don't know if y'all had that experience. Yes. To circle back though, on things being expensive. So if y'all's high school was like mine, for your electives, you would have like a list of different clubs, different courses you could take. Oh, dang, Nakai. Just, just join the ride. So I saw photography in mine and I was like, oh, photography, that'll be so dope. Like, because you actually got to develop your own photos and everything. Until I looked at their price tag, it was like $100 for your starting fee. Plus you had to buy the camera. Plus you had to buy the film. Plus I preemptively said my household was not doing that. And I didn't even bring it up to my parents. Mama, if you're listening, yes, I wanted to do photography, but I didn't want to subject you to all that. Get you being actually conscious and aware of, uh, that strain that may put on your parents. So yeah, kudos. You're a very insightful child. No, I just had a brother who didn't care. Like every other month requesting Jordans and somebody had to be responsible. Oh, that's where we bond because that's my older sister. So yeah, well, that was, she's getting a lot better now. Anyway, is there any other joys that y'all had when y'all were growing up that y'all can think about? Did y'all go to the skating ring? So you bringing up the Jordans triggered in my mind a skating story. And because Jordans are expensive, for whatever reason mind you I am not I've never played a sport in my life although dance uh, is a sport and I also did gymnastics but an actual contact sport that wasn't me I tried out for basketball I broke a nail during tryouts I was like no nah. tried out for volleyball broke a nail during volleyball and I asked him to change my schedule because athletics was not my thing I digress I do remember wanting some Jordans really bad for whatever reason I, it was peer pressure had to have been because just trying to think now why would I want Jordans I'm not even a sporty person like that beg my parents to buy me some they bought me some now it's Saturday night now it's time to go to the skating ring with the crew I wanted to rock my shoes so everybody and their mama could see because that's what you do as a kid right that's what you do in middle school and my parents told me don't take them shoes take some your other shoes you ain't finna take them to the skating ring and I was like but then nobody's gonna see them so why not take them so long story short I did it anyway they got stolen I went back home with just my socks and my parents never bought me another pair of Jordans ever again in my life and I have never owned another pair of Jordans ever again in my life because who's been in all this money on these shoes for what for why I would much rather book a trip somewhere like the amount of money that people spend on Jordans I could be gone somewhere else but that's because that's where my value lies and it's different nowadays but I remember being so excited to go skating and we had this I can't remember what it was called but it was a skating ring that was in like our area and they had a giant like skate outside that you could actually drive like it was like a I don't know how it was a vehicle that looked like a skate you know how they have the weenie mobile from like Oscar Wiener and it looked like a, a hot dog this was a skate that people drove for marketing for the the thing anyways it was super cool but that was a spot to be you talk about everybody recognizes cascade in atl in the movie atl like this was our cascade and being able to go to the skating ring and eat all the snacks and do all the tricks like that was the life back then and we used to always go to the skating ring yeah we had a place when we were young called fun skate and it was basically a teen club if i'm being honest like they it was friday night started at seven ended like maybe 11 30 11 45 junior be picked up by 12 30 <laughs> you go in it had different rooms they had like a basketball room they had um they had a basketball room they had a room where um you can like chill eat they throw food but then also it was a room where like you literally it was a club like lights off everything dancing freak nick all that but then at the end of the day 
your parents need to come pick you up because they're not keeping y'all longer than they need to. Um, but all that that being said, I love how like all these memories of our childhood joys are bringing like so much light and smiles like this. Everybody's eyes are lighting up. Your face is getting brighter. Like it makes such a huge difference. And so audience, I do want to suggest that you all find your childhood joy and bring it back to your life if it's a healthy option. Because like Nay said, this candy equal cavity and that's a no. But <laughs> find that childhood joy because I would really love to see adults getting together doing tetherball four square with shop. You know, what does that look like? How fun would that be? Um, but also it also wraps into like really enjoying yourself equals to like your loving yourself equals to like your higher or increased self-belief and self-worth and with that a word for my sponsor. Hey, beautifuls, this message is brought to you by The Grass is Greener on the Other Side, where we help women who have anger, sadness, and shame from being cheated on learn how to heal and take their power back so they can regain confidence, restore their peace, and attract the life of their dreams. We can be found on IG at Brianna underscore Latrice. That's spelled B-R-I-A-I-N-A underscore L-A-T-R-I-C-E. And for all of the Where's My Blueprint podcast listeners, we're offering free 15-minute discovery calls. So if you're ready to regain and restore that self-love, self-worth, and self-belief back in yourself, shoot me a DM for a free discovery call today. Because my motto is, honey, leave that cheater and find your peace. If you're interested in joining my new course, Rejection is Redirection, using your past as a reference, not a residence, you can email me at affairrecoverycoach at gmail.com or you can shoot me a dm at brianna underscore latrice see you on the call and so now we're going to transition into our segment of moments of melanation moments of melanation moments of melanation is where we highlight a black person doing their thing today for moments of melanation we are highlighting I want you guys to meet Dr. Lisa. So Dr. Lisa is the owner and founder of FreshDolls.com. You can find them on Instagram at The Fresh Dolls. And she actually developed these multicultural dolls. They're Black dolls. They're Hispanic. They have all kinds of different cultures, but they represent an array of people of color. And they are like your Barbie dolls. I think she has some bigger ones and plushies and things like that too, but they're so specific and they represent like specific people. And she's even partnered with like, I think she makes dolls that are partnered with Marvel for Black Panther Forever that came out. She makes dolls that are the characters from the Proud Family reboot, which is really cool. So I just absolutely loved these dolls and what she's doing. And I kind of wanted to highlight something that she has mentioned that is up on her website. And so she says, I've always had passion to inspire young people. In 2003, I formed the World of Entertainment Publishing and Inspiration, which is World of EIP, with the mission of spreading joy by providing children with dolls that inspire dreams, promote intelligence, and build self-esteem. And what I loved about this is this kind of started with one day she was watching an updated doll study. And when I was reading this, it kind of reminded me of it because I think I know what she's talking about, that um, she saw a beautiful dark-skinned girl say that she didn't think the brown 
brown doll was pretty because its skin was nasty. And then she kind of touched and motioned towards her own skin with kind of that same feeling as if she thinks that way about herself. And she says that it broke her heart and tears flowed down her face. And she said to herself, like, she has to do something. This can't happen on my watch. And a generation of children can't grow up knowing that their beauty and their brilliance it doesn't matter or is less than. And so to this day, every moment I wake up with the envision of little girls playing on the floor and I'm driven to create dolls, accessories, and items to honor her. And you can find her dolls on her website. I believe they're also sold at uh, Target and Walmart. And she, oh, I spelled that wrong. She collaborates, like I said, with Marvel and with Disney's A Proud Family. And I just think they're so cool the way that she has kind of made this really broad collection of dolls that represent and inspire so many different people. And I absolutely love this. And it reminded me of when I was young, my mom bought me my first Black Barbie doll. And I didn't even know they made Black Barbie dolls. So I was hella surprised to see that. And I actually still have them in boxes and they were seasonal. So I have one for the spring and I have one for the winter, for the summer and for the fall. And this beautiful Black Barbie doll, like this beautiful red dress. And I kept them in boxes because they were so incredibly important to me. And I feel like all young children need to have some sort of representation like that, that they can be creative with. Yeah, I um, really like this and it's so interesting because the positively uh perfect dolls I literally bought both of them that were sold at Target for my friend's uh baby and I was like no she's gonna have all black dolls she's not gonna she's gonna think like when she see a doll that don't look like her she's gonna be like that ain't that's not true so because and we say this so often on this podcast is that representation matters representation matters representation in all areas in all fields in all facets in all toys matter and especially because like her tagline is that children should see their children should see their beauty and brilliance reflected to them in positive play and I do agree with that and I just want to say kudos to you for it creating this and seeing a need and going after it because I mean I can say I've purchased your items without knowing who you are literally going in Target knowing that hey my little one is going like she's having a birthday and even I bought these before she was even she's not even old enough to play with them yet but she has all black dolls every doll that comes from me is black and so thank you for creating this oh yeah I definitely love this as a woman who as a little black girl had a black my size Barbie. I had black Cabbage Patch Kids. I had black baby dolls. Low key quiet as it's kept. I don't really remember having white baby dolls or Barbies or anything because my people was blackity black black. Yes, we was in the burbs, but we was still down for the call. So I love it when little girls can get Barbies and dolls that look like them. I think um, I got Alex a black doll as well because I know we probably talked about this in a previous episode little boys can have dolls too if they're gonna one day be a father a uncle any kind of thing they need to be caregivers as well so yes my little brown boy has a little black barbie doll well not barbie doll but a little black doll and he used to carry it around and love on it and hug it and i love that that you said that uh nay because she also carries she was like i couldn't leave young our young boys out and so she has a whole entire 
fresh squad that are male fashion dolls that show the power and brilliance in our black and brown boys. And I love that because again, representation matters, inclusion matter, like being seen matter. And that's what she's making these kids feel. She's making them seem, she's making them feel seen, valued, heard, and most mostly represented. Like she's not making them feel like other. And I, I cannot say kudos enough to you. And with that, we're going to transition to our affirmation for this episode. So our affirmation is really simple, but I think it really encompasses our conversation that we've had thus far is I embrace joy and gently release what is not. Joy is my natural state. Okay, thank you. So guys, you know, we come up with all of the content, but this is y'all's podcast too, at to some extent. So please, if you have any other topics that you want us to delve more into, any topics you want to hear our takes on, because you know, we keep it popping hot out there here. Email us at wmbpod at protonmail.com or hit up that little drop box on our website at whereismyblueprintpod.com. Once again, you can email us at wmbpod at protonmail.com or drop us a little comment, a little note, a little suggestion at whereismyblueprintpod.com. All right, Nate, thank you. So with that, y'all can also listen to this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts. Check out all of Nate's saves at wheresmyblueprintpod.com. You can also check out the latest episode, talk with us all on wheresmyblueprintpod.com. Again, wheresmyblueprintpod.com. All right, with that, we are over now. Bye. Peace out.